Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we are elevating the conversation on what it means to be a mindful leader in a busy world today. And I have a really special guest for you. I mean, if you've heard my keynotes or you've heard me talk, you know that I am passionate about the Search Inside Yourself Institute, about mindfulness-based emotional intelligence. And I have been following this author and his book, Seven Practices to Be a Mindful Leader, since its inception. Today we have on the show our guest, Mark Lesser. Mark, thanks for saying yes to me and to being on the show. Thanks, Holly. Good to finally meet you. Well, you have been on the forefront of this movement before it was really on anyone's radar. And, you know, isn't there a famous quote out there? You know, first they mock you, then they, then they, they, they make fun of you, and then you win. Like, you're winning this game. Not that it's a game, but I'm so grateful that you've been trailblazing this road for so many. Thanks. Thanks. You know, it's funny. I, I um, often, often in my talks and in my writing, I... I dispel the myth that this is some new idea, this idea of bringing um, you know, mindfulness, awareness, meditation into the, into the world of work. And I, I, go, I, I, I refer back to um, one of my, I can, even though it's um, uh, many centuries ago, I consider uh, Dogen, the founder of Zen in Japan, 13th century, one of my root teachers, and he, um, he wrote a whole treatise on how to, uh, how to integrate um, mindfulness practice in your work. Um, and, um, and it's interesting, it was, it was a, a treatise that I studied because it was written as instructions to the head cook. And uh, and I, I happened to, I was 28 years old when I found myself as the head cook in a Zen monastery kitchen somehow. It's, it seems almost kind of almost absurd to be saying that, 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 that but I think, I think that actually did happen. I think I'm, I don't think I'm dreaming that. I think it, it was part of my 
part of my life, part of my growing up. And, and just really briefly, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, Dogen instructed was that the head cook should always work with three minds, uh, joyful mind, uh, grandmother mind, the mind of conditional love, and wise mind. Um, I think, you know, however you want to define why, wise, uh, you know, I, I think of wise mind as um, uh, seeing through the illusion of separateness, maybe is one, one way to look at, at wise mind. And, and these things might all seem rather, you know, highfalutin and aspirational, uh, but I think um, in some way this remains, I think, a very uh, apt and foundational instruction for what does it actually look like to be a mindful to mindful leader. Um, yeah. Well, that tees up the question that I ask almost every guest, which is, what is your definition of mindfulness? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I more and more. Um, think that um, mindfulness is really kind of humanness, right? And and it's uh, mindfulness is uh, facing into being curious about the human the human dilemma, right? That uh, the question about ask asking the question, what does it mean to be fully human? Um, and, and I think unpacking that a little bit, it's like, for me, mindfulness uh, is about developing awareness and help and, and helping others, doing what one can to heal, to heal ourselves and to heal the world. Um, so this is, again, there are many um, more scientific definitions of mindfulness, but I think it's, it's really about um, in some way, it's interesting in the in the context of the work world, I think of mindfulness as being aware of the fundamental tension between being human and heart and heartfeltness and getting stuff done, and that there is a natural, beautiful and sometimes not so beautiful tension between those those two things and um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, I think, you know, historically, uh, the getting stuff done has won out historically in the workplace and, and certainly in our, uh, in, in our government and in our financial, financial laws and institutions. It's all, it's all been about, um, somehow leaning toward, uh, efficiency and effectiveness and and um and not quite enough sense about that it, we, we're all human beings and and how do we take care of people while we get stuff done as well so i'm curious as mindfulness has kind of emerged in the the western consciousness how have you seen that definition change? I mean, even just as I've had the show over, you know, the last two years, we've, we went from, well, I really don't know, woo woo, to kind of almost more solid answers on this word awareness. What, what have you experienced as this has, has started to become more a talked about topic? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, th I think there's simultaneously been, um, uh, you know, there's been a way in which um, as the, as the languaging and concepts have spread, you know, they, they tend to get watered down. Um, but maybe the good news is they get more and more accessible um, so that more and more people become, um, become aware. Maybe more and more people are curious, um, less fearful of, of these, you know, s somewhat um, kind of new and unknown words, you know, that, that feel like they're, you know, coming from the East or coming from this, this scary thing that we call Buddhist practice or, or, or something, or, or even the, the scary word meditation. So there's more, I think, acceptance and accessibility, um, which the shadow side of that is get, that it gets watered down. But the other side of that is that I think there's also um, some real depth, some real interest in um, what does this really look like? What does it really look, how could this actually uh, support me as a leader to be more effective in what I do? Uh, could, it, could it help me to be both um, uh, more effective and have uh, greater well, well-being? And that, and again, I think there's that, I think there's that tension point. Again, now I'm using slightly different language, maybe between well-being and um, effectiveness, right? Because effectiveness says, you know, work all the time and work hard. Uh, well-being says, take care of yourself. Um, and, uh, and mindfulness, I think, says, do both fully do both fully and that and that these are not it's only it only looks like they are in competition with each other um but that they um uh they can go together uh, really 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 well but it takes incredible uh presence and awareness and skills to actually maneuver that territory of having both those things uh, go really well at the same time. So you have had the opportunity to to, to pioneer this work, to to have fun with it, and so I like to ask sometimes questions that people don't ask. And so so here's one I hope you haven't been asked before, which is, what is like like either the silliest or the most stern objection you got to mindfulness as a leadership, and how did you overcome it? Because I mean, you you've seen some stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, um, it wasn't that long ago. I, mean, I remember being, um, being in a room with, uh, you know, 16 CEOs, and I was, I was brought in uh, to do an emotional intelligence training. And, um, and I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't even use the word, you know, mindfulness, or certainly not the word meditation. And I remember turning to them and saying, uh, let's do some attention training. And they were like, okay, they had, they were like, what's that? And I said, you know, let's, uh, let's bring your attention uh, to your body, let's bring your attention to your breath, your feelings, your thoughts. And I, I basically did a, you know, a 15 minute guided meditation. And I heard that I then, uh, 
had them practice some mindful listening exercise where they just listened without asking questions and interrupting. And, and they were like totally moved by uh, this exercise, you know, this practice of awareness. And then, I, and then I smiled and looked at them and said, congratulations, you've all just done some meditation practice and mindful listening. And, and, and they, um, uh, it's funny that uh, before the end of my session, they were like, they were asking me, they wanted to know about Zen, you know, and it was like, oh, this is, this is, um, this is pretty interesting. I kind of felt like the experience, I think there's something about, um, you know, we all have these gaps in, in, in uh, what we experience and then our, our ideas of, of things. You know, often, um, it's still, I think still to this day, I, I will go to um, organizations in which what I will hear very consistently is, well, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm, I'm very passionate and interested in mindfulness, meditation, but the organization, no, we're, they're, you know, way too conservative. But then you go around and every person says the same thing. Uh, and so it's super interesting are the gaps we have in our perception of ourselves and the perception that we have uh, of others. And this is, and what's particularly curious, I would say this is a, um, a core mindfulness practice of a leader is becoming more and more aware of what is your perception of yourself and what is your perception of others and how, how real are those, how aligned are those, how, how um, I think of it as the, um, one of my mentors described it as the, uh, the rule of influence of a leader, which is that um, everything that you do and everything that you don't do and everything that you say and everything that you don't say will have influence. And, and I think this is true, particularly true when you're in a leadership role, but it's true of us as human beings, um, that we have tremendous influence and are influenced by others. Um, and, and so much of the practice I think is uh, bringing awareness to that. I so agree with you. And I often, I often hear that whole, I can't meditate. I've got the monkey mind thing. My, my brain just goes too fast. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, like 90% of I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm curious if, if we're going to cultivate mindfulness in organizations, in, in business, is meditation the only tool to be mindful or are there other tools that can help people to start down a mindfulness path? <laughs> yeah. I know that um, uh, back when I was doing a lot of work at Google, um, you know, they they really adopted uh, mindfulness practice as their core well-being initiative, and they really tried to uh, to get people to meditate uh, during the workday. And in some way, I, I have to say, I'm, I, I think the, the jury is still out whether meditating during the workday is a good idea or not. Um, I've never been very successful, I have to say, even in companies that I was running, of um, um, that I think it's hard um, and that um, 
I do think I have a bias that um, meditation is a core practice of of mindfulness, and that um, and that what you had said earlier, you know, uh, the, the the objection. Well, I have too much of a monkey mind. My 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 response to that is great. Congratulations, join the human the human club. We all have monkey minds, and and meditate with your monkey mind. Uh, and it, it it's okay. It's okay. Meditate with, let, let your monkey mind meditate. And I, I often joke, give it a cookie and thank it for showing up and then return to your practice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, Hey there, the holidays are here. So it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or aunt Sue's legendary twice stuffed stuffing. Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think your monkey mind, all of our monkey minds will, um, settle down a bit by facing into, you know, the shortness of our lives and the fact that we know that we, if we're lucky, we will get old, sick, and die. Uh, that's if we're lucky. And, and also looking at um, facing into our own discomfort, facing into some of the big problems that face our world. So to me, these are all great um, inspirations for practicing, for practicing with this, um, you know, to get beyond whatever our, our objections are, are to, um, yeah, to, to want, to want to, um, to want to be a better person and to want to actually make a difference to, to help, um, to help solve real problems, whether it's in our, within our families, our companies, or, or larger playing fields. So I often get this concept, I'm sure you hear it too, about work-life balance. What's your take on work-life balance? Is that a thing? Can we attain that? Does mindfulness help us get that? You know, I, um, I, I once bought a URL. I, I, actually, I am the proud owner of the URL um, of a four-letter word that starts with F, uh, balance. And um, that... I think that it gets, um, you know, when it, it, it generally, um, I think is just a, you know, kind of a, a euphemism for, you know, work less and play more, um, which not a bad thing, but I, but I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a dualist, it tends to be a dualistic concept. But going back to, I, I, I still am very, um, you know, aspirational and, and also my own experience uh, in my roles as a leader and in my roles as working with lots of leaders is that uh, being aware of the tension between, right, effectiveness and well-being and becoming really, really good at both. And and if that if if that's balance, well then great. So so be it. 
But I think um, to me, it's not about finding some middle ground. It's, it's like being really, really effective and leveraging one's communication skills, being, you know, finding strategies that are, you know, that, that, that leverage whatever your particular advantages are in, in your work situation. And at the same time, um, finding a way that, you know, to me, well, a lot of well-being is around being aligned like not fighting, not fighting, doing things that are going upstream against your own real values and what really matters to you. I think that's, to me, to me, I think that um, most burnout, people think that burnout is about working too hard. And, and, and of course it can be, but I think a lot of burnout is people being so out of alignment with their own their own values, their own heart, and doing and doing being involved in activities that are um, harmful, and 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 looking and and looking away, looking away, pretend pretending, putting one's head in the sand, all the all the ways that we pretend that um, we're not we're not really um, out of alignment, we're not really uh, really pretty. Um, either doubtful or unhappy with what we're, what we're, what we're doing. And it's hard, you know, it's, um, um, I, I often use as an example of, it must be hard to wake up one morning and find that you are a Coca-Cola executive. Um, when for most of, you know, for a hundred years, nobody knew that it was, um, you know, really an unhealthy drink. People thought, oh, it's just this thing. People, I, I think, um, you know, and the same, I think, even with um, waking up and being uh, an Exxon executive. Again, I think in the early days, you know, people were, it was like this breakthroughs about power and fuel. And, you know, and then somebody discovered, you know, that uh, climate change was happening. And, and then some group of people, said this will be bad for our business let's let's hide it let's lie, let's lie and that's got to be um uh really really uh harmful to one's being to be you know again i you know i maybe that's um I, I might be being i could be accused of being you know whamsy pamsy here like yeah yeah i mean people people are real i've gotten really good at obfuscating the truth um and 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 Maybe they sleep well at night, but I, I suspect not. I suspect that there's some real harm that's done when we're that out of alignment with the truth. I, I'm smiling because the listeners know that every year I kind of meditate and mindfulness come to kind of a, a word that becomes my, my, my foundation for the year. And my 2019 word was allowing allowing the show to grow, allowing myself to grow, my, my thoughts, beliefs, and actions to expand. And, and my, my 2020 word keeps coming back to this word alignment. So I, I'm smiling that, that here, here's that word again, um, alignment. And, and how do we... I like that. I like that word. And I think, um, so it's almost like a, another possible definition of mindfulness and a mindful leader is paying attention to alignment and having the courage to notice lack of alignment 
um, and that, um, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, and that we're always, I think, moving in and out of a kind of, you know, alignment, and that it's, you know, some sense of full, full alignment is aspirational, right? I think um, I, 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 it makes me think of one of my, you know, I, I started and ran a greeting card company for 15 years. So I'm a, I'm a professional quote collector. And, and one of my favorite quotes um, that I come back to a lot these days, uh, Wendell Berry, who said, uh, be joyful, though you've considered all the facts. <laughs> right. well, we... so, so I think, I think, I think that quote is actually a pretty darn good definition of mindfulness practice because considering all the facts is a really great practice. Of course, it's impossible. It's impossible to consider all the facts and what are facts uh, because there are, there are facts, there are truths, but then so much of we humans, we are constantly interpreting interpreting the facts uh and um yeah and and despite despite the um what it takes to consider all of the facts to 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 keep being joyful to keep being positive right in the midst of um the gaps that exist in these facts and the interpretation of these facts again at many different levels right but i think this is um uh this i think is a core uh practice of mindful leadership right is to is to be committed to considering all the facts and and then making decisions and going with you know going with the facts that you choose to go with so you wrote the book, Seven Practices to Be a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. What are one of, what's one of those seven practices that you think we need to take into 2020 as we're creating our alignment and our path as mindful leaders? Yeah. So Holly, I think I'd like to, if you'll um, you know, humor me here, I just want to name the seven practices because I, I think they're beautiful and poetic as well as practical. And then I'll answer your question. Please do, yes. <laughs> so the seven practices are love the work, do the work, don't be an expert, connect to your pain, connect to the pain of others, depend on others, and keep making it simpler. And I think um, in some way you could choose any one and they would lead to all the others. Right, that they're 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 broad, they're all broad, but they're also quite specific. And I think um, to answer your question, I, I would I'd probably tend to um, go with uh, the first and the last. Um, right, that there's something about um, uh, loving the work of alignment, loving the work of noticing the uh, tension between love and performance is part of loving the work love does love love is not just a you know it's not it's not just a follow your bliss kind of thing it's a uh love the work of of noticing of paying attention and and of finding a way to perform effectively and with great heart this is 
kind of loving, loving the work. Um, and in some way, uh, the last practice um, may be the hardest or hardest for me, hardest for me to keep making it simpler. Because, um, um, you know, there's, um, I find I'm, I'm so curious about, you know, uh, the human mind and the human heart. And I'm so curious about how people think and, and, and what amazing storytellers we are. And so in some way, uh, the practice of keep making it simpler means sometimes to make really choices, to decide what not to be paying attention to, what not to be pursuing, and to be, to be more focused on, uh, I think the, the great question of keep making it simpler is uh, what's most important? What, what's really most important right now? And again, it's interesting because there's like, what's most important in my work life? And what's most important in my uh, practice life? And how are those integrated? How can I integrate those? What if those are not two separate worlds, but one, one world? So what's on tap for you for 2020? Alignment. Align, align, alignment's on tap for me. You're, 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 you're your own in alignment. Okay. Well, I'm, um, I'm um, you know, I'm thinking of honing what, uh, 2020, I think for me, is going to be focusing more on working with social entrepreneurs, um, which is interesting. That's another change. We're seeing, you know, Social entrepreneur used to mean someone who was leading a nonprofit or for-profit social business. But I noticed like my colleagues at Google or Genentech or SAP, many of those people identify as social entrepreneurs. So it's someone who, uh, I wanna work with people who want to change the world, whether they're, whether they're running an organization or working inside of a big company. And I, I want to uh, help people do the inner work and the outer work. Um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, talking about, um, you know, mindfulness meditation, as well as um, creating mindful finance, finance and accounting, mindful investing, uh, mindful operations, uh, all those to, to combine to combine the the inner and outer work of um, again this topic of getting stuff done solving real problems and uh, being heart heart and heartfeltness. Well, Mark, I'm so grateful for our chat together. I know we could talk for another three years on this topic and, and 25 minutes just doesn't even seem like enough. But I want the listeners to know that um, before we went on the show, I, I asked you a question and I think it really is, is important. And I said, hey, Mark, you know, what do you want to want to promote or what do you what do you want to want to sell on the show? Because we always like to make sure that you, the listeners know Mark is available as a speaker, a workshop facilitator, a leader and an executive coach. And we're going to put his his links on the show notes. But, you know, his answer to me wasn't that. His answer to me was, I wish we would spend more time promoting peace. So as you begin your 2020 and you're looking at your own mindful life and the way that you lead, um, I want to invite you to think about how can you 
be peace and bring more peace and certainly, you know, source the show, source Mark's work. And uh, the more we get to cultivate that, I think we actually are the awareness of mindfulness. Mark, before I let you go, any last minute tips or, or advice um, for the team? Um, well, I will, I will take a moment actually to uh, promote myself, which is that to tell people that you can find me at Mark Lesser, M-A-R-C-L-E-S-S-E-R.net. Um, and my final, um, uh, oh, maybe um, uh, just a short, a, sh a few short lines from one of my favorite uh, David White poems, where he says, um, uh, you must learn one thing, the world was made to be free in. You must learn one thing, the world was made to be free in. So thank you very much, Holly. Thank you. Enjoy your day. You too. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.